You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Welcome back. It's like the first time you've ever spoken beyond that that sentence, so none of us were ready Here, for it. And here's the thing. I forgot we had an intro <laughs> for for probably two seconds. I forgot. Like, oh. We don't have an intro. No, we do. Wow. We do. We've had one um, for years. Yeah. That's <laughs> hilarious. So I was just ready to go right back, right I into know. it. Right Houston was on it. And then yeah, you Houston, here's the thing. Houston's been perfect, perfect for, for every single time. Um, and then here I am messing it up. Well, <laughs> for real. That's all right. For realiness. It wouldn't be Hot Mess Sunday without exactly. our hot mess. With a little hot and messy. Yeah. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Sergey. You're looking really good. You got a haircut this oh, week. Oh, well, thank you. My favorite thing was your reaction yeah. to my haircut. I'm like, wow, you feel like a superstar. Because <laughs> yes, I do like it a lot. Yeah, it is really way different. good. I love I it. I have never had hair like this. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. And so I went to who you go to all the time. Yeah. Because you always have great hair and mm-hmm. you always say, I know Gerald, but- yeah. You always say you always say such great things about his haircuts too. Oh, they're great! And yeah. so I finally, after like year, mm-hmm. was like, I'm just gonna do this. I'm I'm doing this. I'm yeah. bringing it up. Right. I was supposed to do it on Thursday, and I could not wait that long because you know my hair drives me crazy. Yes, I can't yeah. do anything with it, and it's long. It's crazy. So I get in Gerald's chair, and he works at uh, House, House of Pop. Of Pop. Mm-hmm. We love it there. Oh, Doug amazing. McCoy, just a really good uh, owner. We enjoy him a lot. Yep. So I go there, and all I have to say is, I just said to Gerald, you know what? I trust you. Mm-hmm. He's like, are you sure you trust me? I'm like, no, I do. Stop asking that question. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're making me worried. Yeah. No, and I do, and he... And I love a hairstylist who will just go with their inspiration, because I would much prefer that to happen. Yeah. In love with my hair. He took me shorter than I've ever been on the sides, but then Left anyways, yeah, cool. The and then he yeah. gives me five different ways I can do my hair, yeah. so it looks completely different every day. Yeah, which is amazing. So now he's my he's my favorite yeah. Your person. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday hair. Yeah, and then weekends are reserved Ooh. for hair down. Ooh. I'm very excited. Yeah, that. so it's very different. So that's yes. awesome. I got the fo- I'm rocking the faux hawk. Yes, right you are. Now, you walked I, in, and I was like, oh my, God, look at that. So I want my hair like his. <laughs> but Gerald tells me, so I'm sitting there, and of course, Gerald yeah. is a kick. If you if you oh, need a new stylist, please, please, please go. Yes, he's a house. Pop, ask mm-hmm. for Gerald. It you have to like book yourself out a few weeks because yeah, he's booked up. He's he booked, is, but he's amazing with men's haircuts. But mm-hmm. he does great women's haircuts as well. Oh, he does great color too. If you he, want color, he's yeah, great at that. But he says he says to me, Jonathan, you know, oh, and like I said, he's a kick. Yeah, like he is you a will kick. be entertained the whole time. He's yeah. like, Jonathan, let's do the opposite of what people like to do with haircuts, where it makes you look younger by like twenty years. Let's take you like thirty years in the future. <laughs> Let's make you look really old. Which is I'm like, code for, <laughs> Jonathan, we can't make you look any younger. Right? We might as well just do this. There's no, there's Let's no just old. go the full length. He was hysterical. I told him, I will cut you. <laughs> do you want full, full white? <laughs> we want to bleach it? Bleach right. it all the way out. Let's do that. Yeah. No, but I trusted him, and it was well worth the trust yeah. uh, to do that. And then, of course, we saw, or I, I talked to our friend who owns the place, Doug McCoy, and that was a lot of fun, too. That man, I love his style. Mm-hmm. He uh, Recently, they took photos of you. Yes, when I was all over and great photos you uh that were all over facebook so yeah anyways yes haircut and that and a good haircut always gives me a lot of sass yeah you came in here and i was like this is a different person 
Now, I, I want you, but I laughed at the thought of this, uh, yeah. to get your hair dyed jet black. Just black. I have just been jet, jet black, black before, but not for like 10 years. Really? Yeah, Are you I'm, sure you don't want to do that right now? I am I am not I'm not against it. You're not against I it? I love do drama. It. You know do me. it. That would me, be so drama, funny. what? Yeah. yeah. That would be great. Because I think the one thing that Joe always with it. me and, yeah, mm-hmm. he could, the, the with me and hair color yeah. is I've got a goatee. Yeah. And my goatee has a lot of white in it because yeah. I'm no longer 20. So shape So that's... So you either have to shave right. it, where I always feel like my face is 10 times fatter mm-hmm. when I have no hair, <laughs> or you dye it too. But if you do that, you look like you're an older guy trying to, you know, so trying to be, yeah. it's saying, but you know what? I trust Gerald enough yeah. that if, if he was ever to say, oh, we're going to do this, I would just be like, hey, let's do it. Yeah. Here's, it's not good. here, I'll sell my soul for this. I know. Right here it is. really expensive. But. Oh my goodness. It yeah, is. But anyways, a lot of fun. Hey, yeah, There's yeah. our shout out to, uh, we get no mm. kickback for it at all. So I know. shout out. And you're now welcome. Gerald just sterile. Sterile? Nope. <laughs> Gerald just Gerald styles. Gerald sterile. Okay. <laughs> it's the worst name ever. <laughs> Gerald just styles the Outspoken Boys now. Yes. So apparently yes, he he's, does. he's yeah. that good. Houston hasn't come on board yet. No. But he's got really good hair, uh-huh. and he goes to the same stylist, correct, sir? That you've Yes. Been? Yes. Uh, forever. I, yeah. You've gone to the same right? person. And yeah. you're going again. Good. You just got your... Wednesday. Yeah. And, and we have to admit, people, we've been trying to get you out to go find Houston. It's kind of like find Waldo. Um, but if we're not, the hair is great. Obviously, you and you and Sergey have the hair on point. Now I'm trying to join your we try your club. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll do. It's it. gonna be great. Sergei, and then Kurt will never have hair. So yeah, that's fine. Kurt has no hair, but he can style his beard now. Hey, and they do beard. beard. They do beard work at House oh. of Pop. They do. They trim beards. Okay, down look, and they he's style been growing it. it out. He's he's like Kurt. Can grow run it his out to like it. Dumbledore length, and then go there and they'll <laughs> shave it down to my length. I'm telling you, Doug, which is. Doug Very has true. Doug messes with his beard all the time. All you the should time. go. Yeah, that you should. You should. Let's. Just, we're gonna get. We're gonna get the curter in there. Yeah, we as will. well. Sergey, I have mm-hmm. warned so many people about you <clears throat> with this next thing. <laughs> so you, I've okay. always told people, and it's. We talked about how I want to tell Cole. The greatest thing about you, and also the scariest part yeah. about you as a friend, yeah. is that you can't tell Sergey. <laughs> If you have a goal, yeah, unless you mean true. it, you got to think true. it through. If you mean it, share it with Sergey. He w- he's such a good support and cheerleader that he'll do it. But you can't say things. I'm like wanting to tell Cole, don't talk in your sleep. Yeah, so you need to check. Maybe be a mute for a while. Maybe. Oh my gosh. Oh, he's, <laughs> but he knows. Great. He's already yeah. slipped for because you are. And Gerald and I had yeah. a conversation about this yesterday. Um, because you're amazing at that. You have it's such a like. As a friend, you are you are so good at trying to help people. I'll but you're also, it, but don't say going. if you don't want to. Because I had recently mentioned uh-huh. that I would like to be an outdoorsy guy. Ah, yeah, What that means, it is, but you you, I, you tempered yourself, I got to say. So I you, mm-hmm. I, and you said, you want to go on a hike? I said, haven't done that in like 20 years? Sure. Yeah. I'm just going to go. I'm scared, but let's do this. Yeah. So you, we went on a hike. We did. And you were good. You didn't take I me did to, not take you know, you on a mountain. We didn't go to Mount Hood or nothing like that. Right. We just like, which is typically. It was, it was on the plans, like, but right. we just didn't have time. Like, here's some tickets. We're actually going around the world. Yeah. And so we're going <laughs> to climb a mountain in Antarctica because yep. I hear it's really great. Yeah. Because you, you do crazy things and you forget that yes. some of us aren't. Yes. So we, you took me on a novice hike and it was awesome. Yeah. You loved it, right? Oh, absolutely oh, good. loved good, it. Good, good, good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it, and. And you gave me a list of different ones around. So yeah. now I'm excited to continue to mm-hmm. grow my skill set and continue to hike because right. it was absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so fun. And I survived, which was my number one yeah. criteria was survival. So yeah. did it. I didn't have to pee on anything like Bear Grylls. Didn't have to do any of that because yeah. he does that in any hike. Like 
he oh walks gosh, to the yeah. store and he will be like, oh, he I have to, to pee on my, <laughs> right, he takes my mouth. He takes a pees on yeah, it and yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. And we didn't have to do that, but it was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. So you, we were very helpful in that. I said it. Aww. You jumped on it like you do and it was okay. Yeah. It so, was fun, right? right? And now you want to go again. Oh, gosh, yes. You want to do it. Good. Most definitely. I'm glad. I'm, that's, see, and that's the goal is to inspire people to love it and go on their own. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So what's going on with you? Um, so, you know, that hike was really fun. I, that was like the highlight of my day. Um, well, you had had to drive right into town from a business trip and just went right Yeah, because I went to your hometown, Wenatchee, where I found the cabbage salsa you're always talking about, which they serve on the regular, just like you said. I was so excited that you found it. Um, I wasn't impressed though. I I was not loving it. Because you have no taste. (laughs) No, what it is, is I grew up in Wenatchee, so that's what they always did, so it becomes part of your, but yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. Yeah, because I was like, ah, okay, I see, I see. You were I describing see. where you were. I knew exactly where you went. Which I is knew so exactly, funny because you yeah. grew up in East Wenatchee, or in Wenatchee, and you went to East I still Wenatchee remember it like the back of my hand. It's yeah. about the size of the back of my hand, yeah, so it it, it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right there. <laughs> one, one, right. one finger, one road, you got it. Right. Um, yeah, so that was fun, and then came back, and we went straight to it, so that's fun. But it's funny you mentioned the thing about... Uh, uh, telling me goals and I'll jump on it. Cole yeah. does that all the time where, where he will say, oh my gosh, I wish I could budget money better. And I'm like, I got this. <laughs> Let's attack. So I, of course, overwhelm him. I'm like, here's these 10 apps you need to do. Let's plan this out. What do you say? What do you blah, blah? And he's yeah. like, I don't, What? <laughs> I have no money. <laughs> so that'll happen. Um, health goals. Anytime he's like, oh, I want to get more fit. I'm like, gym membership right now? Okay, let's go. <laughs> I love that Cole says, I want to get more fit. Yeah. the ch- If you've ever met him, that boy... I just don't know. He wakes up and he's got abs. Yeah, <laughs> that's just he got it's out of true. bed it's once, true, but he wants to he's got a six pack. I, th- I think he, I'll support him in that. I love. Yeah, I don't mind. It would be dangerous to date you. I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's a lot of work because this happens. I, I, exactly. Yeah, you say anything. You're like, oh, I wish I would do blank, and I'm like, well, let's make that happen. See, it's an. I feel like. Mm-hmm. I want. I, we need Cole on the show. He's been here before. And he's he's not one to talk a lot. But <laughs> I always want to ask Cole so yeah. many questions. But it's okay, it, yeah. so that's great. And you guys are you know going to be seeing each other a lot more. Yes, we so are. So that could happen uh-huh. at any moment. Any moment. So, well, yeah. The it, the news is that I'm awaiting a new apartment. That well, Cole and I are Ooh. awaiting a new apartment. Um, at any moment, it will be finished and done and ready, but uh, it's been held up since June 1st by construction delays. 18 times. 18 times, yeah. <laughs> Forever. Yep, actually, but every single day. Just you are not, you you are no novice. You made sure they knew how you felt. Exactly. And way to be. Yeah. Way Went in there, demanded be. my things, got the things I demanded. Yeah. And it was good. I think that's that amazing. Fun. So yeah. it's coming. It's coming. It should be this week, so by the end of this week, uh, which... Actually, this the Saturday is my birthday, it so is. hopefully it'll be a good birthday present, a new, a so new apartment. That's so exciting. Um, and that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Right? That mm-hmm. is your birthday present. A couple birthday presents, you and your you and your boo yeah. together uh-huh. in one domicile and yeah. a new apartment. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's exciting. That'll be fun. That is I, I'm excited exciting. for this. Yeah. I know. And all of that teasing, I told Gerald my favorite thing about you is I can tease you to death, but just telling you people, make a goal, tell Sergey, he will like action plan it out for you. Oh, and you know how I love plans. I love to plan it He'll write it it down and then I keep that piece of paper with me at all times and it works. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, Hello, excuse me. I just helped you lose how many pounds? uh Last year it was 30 with the 5K. It was. This year I'm almost to 20, but I'm not weighing until Monday. But still, we're almost at 20. 17 down right now. So, 
So see, Woo-hoo. just send in your send in your goals. Sergey will break it down. I will. <laughs> I already told him break billionaire and famous by oh next year. Gosh. So we'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could do my own goals like that. Like, <laughs> oh, I want to be rich and famous right now. Right. Oh. Why does it never happen person, <laughs> when you do it for yourself? Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, we're going to take a song break here. This is going to be a song called Anywhere But Home by Breathe Carolina. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken. And we are just about to talk to Jeffrey A. Johns. He's a singer, dancer, and performer who stars in the feature film Waiting in the Wings, a creative musical comedy. Join us in welcoming Jeffrey Johns to the studio. Jeffrey, are you there? Yes, thank you. Hi. How are you this How are you guys today? Oh, we're great. We're We're amazing. I'm excited for this because Sergey and I got to, of course, watch uh, the film Waiting in the Wings, which Mm -hmm. was way too much fun. It was all I have to say. It was fun. It was (laughs) was funny and enjoyable, and I love, love the concept. Oh, my God. So we're dying to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you guys for having me. It was it was a lot of fun to make. I've always loved that. Oh, I've good. always loved musicals. Good. Yeah. And to make a movie musical and create one was was right. a challenge but a lot of fun. Well, oh, you so say good. you always love musicals and you your passion for music and dance and theater was evident from the get go. Did you participate in a lot of musical theater uh, and performances in your childhood years? Yeah, you know, that's all I knew. You know, mm-hmm. I was from the New York area. So Hollywood and movies weren't really in my my picture, but the theater was, you know, and the theater was accessible, and I could meet Broadway stars after a show. So I think it became the real of what I should be striving for. Oh goodness, so I did yeah. tons of theater, and I love the theater. Uh, I think it's like my favorite place in the world. So, yeah, I would have to agree. As it, it, it's a sanctuary, I think a lot of us, especially gay boys, we we loved. Now I know we'll get more into what the this current film is about, but it does a little sneak peek have something to do with the stripper and a Broadway guy kind of actor getting mixed up. But as an adult, you've been a part of a lot of shows. Uh, you were part of uh, Naked Boy Singing on Broadway. Yeah. Um, so is getting naked for your performances a running theme for you? Because if so, we have a, <laughs> we have a few people who want to talk to you. Um, You know, I will tell you, first, I did Naked Boy singing the Los Angeles cast as well as the Las Vegas cast. Right, yeah. Um, So I would say I actually was told by my agent to go to the audition because he felt Uh my resume was too squeaky clean. He's like, no one's going to want to cast you. You're doing shows like Peter Pan and Sound of Music. (laughs) We need to get you edgy. This is a perfect show for you. So I was so excited. I was out of town for the audition, so I told him I can't go. And he said, well, contact the producers, tell them you can't make it. And so I did, and I told them I'm out of town for two weeks, and they said, great. <laughs> we have callbacks right as you get back. Oh, and nice. there was no nudity at the audition, just the callbacks. And I'm like, I don't think this is for me. I mean, right. I'm like a little musical theater geek, not like uh, someone people are going to necessarily want to see on stage <laughs> naked. So right. I threw the audition. I mean, I did everything you should never do at an audition. <laughs> I skipped around the room and... I just it was dreadful, and they applauded. <laughs> and the next thing you know, I was cast in the show. Oh my god! So, <laughs> <laughs> That's so, amazing. And and then from there, I got cast in the Vegas show. Yeah, and which was crazy, and it was really exciting. And you know, the experience it was uh-huh. the show is not easy because you really mm-hmm. do have harmonies, you really do have dancing, yeah, right. you have a lot to do other than just getting naked. Right. Um, and I felt after that I could do anything, but when I was in Vegas. They took us to some celebration of the 100th show, uh-huh. and we went to a club, a, a gay club in Vegas. 
And I really am not. My idea of a party is going to a Broadway show. Right. Not necessarily. I'm not a clubber. <laughs> and mm. I went there and they had Go-Go Boys. And I had never seen Go-Go Boys <laughs> other than on TV. Yeah, right. And I was super disappointed because they weren't really dancing. No. They were, you know, moving, but right. not like right. dancing. Yeah. And I joked to my friend and I said, well, I said... He's like, you could do this and get some extra money. I'm like, oh, if I was to do that, I'd be swinging around that pole like Gene Kelly with my cap shoes on. Yeah. And I said, that would be a really funny concept for a short film. Yeah. And it kind of grew and grew and built and built into Waiting in the Wings, which is about the mix-up between a theater geek right. and a stripper getting right. sent to the wrong show. Yeah. So it kind of stemmed from Naked Boy Singing. That is brilliant. That's that's amazing. <laughs> so for for our listeners who don't know much about Waiting in the Wings, let's let's get into that. What more can you tell us about the film and how you got involved and uh, how you made this project happen? Well, it wasn't overnight. You know, right. I know some people are like, and this summer I wrote the show. It took me three years. Oh to my write. gosh! Yeah. Um, but I had never written a film, mm-hmm. and I knew everything about theater, and I even was more familiar with theatrical scripts as opposed to film scripts. So I started to just write. I just I didn't even know there were programs that help you. I was writing it in a Word document. Oh, and man. I just, finally I got something. I'm like, this is actually kind of cute. And I showed one of my friends who's like really critical, oh. who never likes anything. He goes, hmm, it's not terrible. And I knew that was like a really good thing. <laughs> yeah. And he was a songwriter. Like producer. And so we began yeah. to collaborate. And he started to write music to put in and help me with script editing. And three years later, we started to uh, put an actual show together, uh-huh. and it was, and it became Waiting in the Wings, the musical. And we were so fortunate; Lee Merriweather was uh-huh. the first cameo to mm-hmm. jump on board, yeah. mm-hmm. and she is perhaps one of the most lovely women in show business. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's worked with her has loved her, and she gave us a lot of credibility, which I right. think is what ended up getting us Sally Struthers and Christopher Adkins, and eventually. Uh, Shirley Jones. I a know. Huge deal for us. Oh my god! Well, it's a huge deal to see. What's really fun yeah. is when yeah. you watch that movie. We get the tr- we get the the movie and we watch it, and it's like a like Christmas every few minutes because there's somebody else that you just makes you die. Exactly. Yeah. To see people that you know, growing up with, always thinking is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, were you intimidated at all by working with them? <laughs> Understatement. Um, <laughs> you know the. Very first film, the very first day, um, we shot Sally Struthers because uh-huh. she wasn't available during the film shoot. So we shot her scene two weeks before the rest of the movie, which oh, is wow. one of my favorite scenes because yes. one Sally is like one of the funniest women I've She's ever met in my hysterical. life. She's gift for comedy timing, and but I was like. Horrified. I'm nervous. I had never done a big movie like this, and I had written it, and Sally Struthers is coming, and there were permits. Uh You know, I was, because I was producing as well, and it was so overwhelming, and she was there, and she was so wonderful, but I was really nervous. I mean, really nervous. And then we filmed the whole movie, and it wasn't until eight months later, after the movie had wrapped and edited, that we finally got Shirley Jones to say yes and be in the final scene. Oh, how do you convince, you know, these amazing parts of our history in Hollywood? How do you convince them to do a movie like this? You know, it's really tough, especially because I had never done a movie. Uh I'm like going off a passion here. I didn't know how you contact celebrities. I did not know how 
the elements would work to put a movie together. I just knew I wanted this script to come to life, and I mm-hmm. knew how I wanted it to happen. Right. And I definitely targeted cameos who love and have a passion for theater. Yeah, um, right. And I think that was a big thing. This is a film, and I know it's, it's been really successful on the LGBT yeah. film festival circuit, mm-hmm. but it's not, I like to say, it's a film about theater people. Yeah. Some are gay, some are straight. It's a film about people in, in a mm-hmm. journey. And I think it crossed over into the mainstream film festivals as well. Right, and, right. and I think it's really just about heart and dreams, and everyone has different dreams. And I think this film is about specifically a theater dream, but mm-hmm. I think we can relate to characters in the film. And so I think it was really getting to the heart of this is what the project's about, and they re- reading the script and finally saying, yes, I'll do it. But Shirley Jones took about eight months to get the yes. Oh, wow. And getting wow. her to sing and dance in a movie musical, which she hadn't done since Music Man, right. uh, with the cast was, to me, very, very exciting. Yeah, <laughs> very. That's, And that's amazing. Now, in the, in the sequel, Still Waiting... Uh, you got another star. You get uh, you have Bruce Valanche, who is going to be our second hour guest here. Can you tell us more about the movie and how it was working with Bruce Valanche? Okay, Bruce Valanche yeah. is one of the funniest yes. guys you'll ever meet, <laughs> right. and so nice and so warm and so generous and uh, just fun. He is just a fun person. Like when things are down, he just he can always lift your spirits. Oh. I mean. He is really the, one of the biggest sweethearts you'll ever meet. Yeah. Well, you... uh, so it's always great to work with him. Uh, uh, you know, love his, he loves his potty mouth, but he there's yeah. <laughs> yes, so much he heart behind everything he says. <laughs> yes, right. We'll be we'll be right by the the, the dump button. Yeah, here. be <laughs> by the button. Be yeah. by the beep button for him. <laughs> That's awesome. Now you've got even you've got a, quite a list of even more than the first movie for the second movie of people making appearances. Um, is it exciting to make this this still waiting? Is it is it more intimidating? Well, you know, I think I think making a sequel to anything. Um, mm. I don't like sequels. Let's start with yeah, that. Yes, I'm not sure. a sequel kind of guy. Um, but um, there was so much love for this first movie, mm-hmm. and I said, if I can create a script, if I can get a script together. And I had my co-writer, who was the musical director for the first one. I said, if we can get a script I like as much as the first one, we'll go forward. Otherwise, I'd rather just drop it. Right. Um, and we we came up with a script that I think the characters developed so beautifully. And it's kind of like, I call Waiting in the Wings kind of the the adventure, the dream. You know, like, this is our dream of show business. This right. is what, uh, you know, the dream of New York. The second one is, this is the reality of New York. Okay, <laughs> now we're here in New York. Now we... And it's called Still Waiting because they're going to be waiting tables oh, trying to nice. get by. Oh, that's uh, awesome. singing, And, of course, a singing and dancing waiter. Right. Well, cafe, you know. Right. Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the thing is, I think there's a lot of, of expectations on a sequel when mm-hmm. you have a successful first movie. Right. And making it bigger and making it grander. And mm-hmm. I think there was so much support by people who had seen the movie. Like Bruce Valanche saw the first movie and he became a really big cheerleader for us and it nice. just was wonderful so i was really thrilled and honored that he joined us yeah. and, and we have a bunch of other cameos who joined us for the sequel because we were able to show them a product though from a right. first movie and i think that's always helpful not just like i just have a dream of making a movie right you know your credibility is not really there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome well jeffrey what else can we expect from you uh coming out in the next few years here 
Um, well, definitely still waiting because yes. uh, Waiting in the Wings is now available worldwide mm, uh, nice. in, on iTunes and, you know, Amazon uh, and on our website. Um, it, it's available. But the sequel will be hitting the film festivals probably, I'm thinking either late this year or uh-huh. beginning of next year. Okay. Um, my dream, um, I don't know exactly what's to come. You know, there's one thing, there's been a lot of push to try to get Waiting in the Wings the initial movie up on its feet is a stage show and oh, I'm definitely wow. looking into that yeah. because you know we can always use no more musical theater shows yes. Yes. Uh, if you ask me and <laughs> that's one thing I've always dreamed of doing a movie musical that's Christmas themed and I wouldn't mind bringing the cast back together one more time so, for a holiday aw, adventure yes. because nothing nothing we need, an, we need a gay white Christmas we do. and we I do. think Brilliant. this is the cast I I mean, we have so many Broadway actors in this film yeah. uh, who bring the talent. I mean, I listen to them, and I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. That so, is You amazing. know, I'm just yeah. baffled by the talent that showed up. But again, I think we got different talent that showed up because it was a different style movie. Right, right, uh, exactly. Some people who wouldn't have looked at an independent film were like, an independent movie musical. I've not seen this. And right. of course, there was a lot of fear, like, it's going to be really bad. But we right. brought in the full orchestra piece by piece because we didn't have, like, this luxurious studio. We recorded it in a, in a little small space. So we brought in the trumpet. Then we brought in oh, the nice. banjo. Then we, you know, one <laughs> instrument at a time. Oh, that's uh, fine. We got yeah. this great orchestration. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, see, that's the kind of, I love that kind of, I mean, that's our show, you know? <laughs> you just do what you can, get creative and be passionate, and anything can happen. Yeah, you know, and I think when you when you lead with passion and you're, you're thankful mm-hmm. and appreciative of the people uh, involved, uh, you, can, you can really achieve a lot more than possible. Like, our budget for our film was not what it should right. be. People are right. floored how low our budget is. But I took a second mortgage out of my house to make it. I mean, wow. I only have a small house. Right. <laughs> well, right. You know, that I can only get so much. <laughs> uh, so, so I think you have to think, how much passion do you have? Yeah. And how, how much can you personally do? So mm-hmm. you don't have to pay other people to do it. Right. Like, maybe I don't need three years in pre-production to right. prep for the movie. <laughs> But in order to do that, I, I was like, okay, well, I can do this. I can design this. I can have this set up. I can have this ready to go. Mm-hmm. So we really only brought people on board paid crew like the week before. Right. Nice. Wow. Because I was the location scout. I was, you know, right. I did all these things that you normally would pay. And I'm like, sure. oh, no, no, I don't pay yeah. myself. Yeah. Let me do right. this. Oh, I don't pay myself. I can do this. You know, and, yeah. and I think that's what passion is about. It's like figuring out how to get the best quality product. Yeah. Um, and putting all the money up on the screen. Absolutely. Because that's Absolutely. what lives on. Oh. You know, yes, I was I was exhausted to the world when we were <laughs> prepping to make it. But in the end of the day, it's like, but that's how we could get Shirley Jones. That's how we could get the dazzling right? yeah. So that's yeah. how I could get what, whatever it may be. And I think it's also giving back to the community. Yeah. Since it was a theater film, we filmed in a lot of theaters. Yeah. And the thing that was great about that is now I say to the theaters, hey, if you're doing a special event and you need me to come or you want me to do any type of thing, uh, I'm more than happy to reach out to the theaters, give them an opportunity to do a special screening for their season ticket holders, and we'll do a QA and a after. You know, it's like I think it's not just about making the movie. It's about helping the people who helped you. And now that you have a product, you can do that. And I think that's what is wonderful about um, the film. And another thing we did with this film, I'm, I tried new things because everyone knows about film festivals. Right. I wanted to go, um, one thing I, I've reached out to some uh, gay men's choruses 
and let oh, them do that? a screening. They took care of getting everything all set up. I showed up. I did a Q and A after. They have to keep the profits for oh, wow. their for their cause, which yeah. is you know to get that gay men's chorus to have those fundraising events. Here was something different, unique, and yet fit the genre so well. Yep. And and like we did that. We're actually not far from you. We did well, we did one with Boise. Oh yeah. Um, mm. Idaho. Where I was up there with the Gay Men's Chorus, which was probably my favorite screening we had of the entire film. Oh, it was awesome. incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I performed up there. You in Coeur d'Alene years ago. Oh uh, my Coeur d'Alene gosh. Summer Theater. Yeah. yeah. Your oh. neighbor. Yeah. Beautiful that's there. Right. Oh, awesome. You need to now. You need to get to the Seattle Men's Chorus and do it there, and we yes. will trek ourselves over there because that that so would be an amazing promise. show. Is yes. this a promise? It is a yeah. promise. You don't even know. I'm going to mark this down. Do it. Do we it. Have it on, we have this on air, right? We can go back yeah, and right? record this. Exactly. There you go. There you <laughs> go. We're here. We yeah. would love that. First of all, the film in the end was one of the most charming and entertaining films I've seen in a long time. So, I mean, it was amazing. I cannot wait for the yeah. sequel. Yeah. I we, cannot wait. we are still waiting, and we yeah, will we, keep we still, still waiting, waiting for... Still waiting. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think you'll like it, because I think, you think it really... What I love is the characters really... Yeah. Right where you left off is where they begin. Right. And I think it's kind of, this one has had more of a villain, like you have the whole sabotage. It's not, oh, yes. the first one had a lot of, the first one had a lot of innocence and charm. Yes. Yeah. This one is now, we're meeting real theater people here. Mm-hmm. And now the world's right. not so charming as it was for Anthony sure. when he was in Big Timber, sure. Montana. Right, <laughs> right. Well, well, Jeffrey, thank you for joining us today. Oh, Your this passion is, is so, so alive. It's so refreshing I'm to so hear that. I'm so excited we're, now. We were excited to talk to you um, and hope to see you soon in Seattle. Yes. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to this, guys. Yes. I'm oh, going to even... get it up. I'm going to try to get it up yeah. to Seattle, and you'll be the first to get an invitation. Oh, I cannot awesome. wait. You have to do it. Thank you so much, sir, for spending right, time with us today. thank you guys today. so much. You have a great Sunday. <laughs> you, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. And that was actor, singer, dancer, performer extraordinaire Jeffrey A. Johns, who stars in the feature film Waiting in the Wings. It's a creative musical comedy, and it is so much fun. Sergey and I were able to see it. And now there's going to be a sequel, hopefully due out at the end of the year or the beginning of next year. Mm -hmm. Be sure to check it out if you haven't seen it. And we'll be watching for him to show up in Seattle because we'll be right there we will and now we're gonna take a song break and this one kind of has to do with uh musical theater and everything jeffrey's about and what's coming up in our dish so this is going to be uh the origin of love by uh from hedwig and the angry inch cast you are back with kyrs medical lake spokane 88.1 and 92.3 fm and this is outspoken outspoken is funded in part by the pride foundation for more information visit pridefoundation.org Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Out- Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue. More information is available at 509-747-1621. Outspoken receives support from Northwest Fair Housing Alliance, a local nonprofit that provides education, counseling, and advocacy to help eliminate housing discrimination and ensure equal housing opportunity. Information at 1-800-200-FAIR and online at nwfairhouse.org. Outspoken receives support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a non-dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people, regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, and physical ability. Information online at uuspokane.org or 509-325-6383. I'm in a very interrupting mood today, I think. I think, I think, I think. (laughs) That's so awesome. You're like, hey, (laughs) my turn. All right. 
You're done. <laughs> love it. I love it. Uh, <clears throat> I wanted to say about that. Uh, the reason I chose this song, because obviously we're going to be talking yes. a lot about uh, gun laws in Orlando. Yep. Um, as I received a, uh, an email from an editor, I had written an article and an editor mm-hmm. of one of the newspapers who wants to run it. He writes back and he said, um, here's the thing. Let's do these little tweaks like editors right. do. He said, but here's the, the thing. Uh, because we're going to be talking about this, not just this weekend, not just this month, not just this year, because unfortunately, we need to talk about it for a very long time to come. And that is sad. One of the things, I love Hedvig and the Angry Inch. Mm -hmm. I loved it when it was a movie. I loved it before Neil Patrick Harris took it. I loved it when he was on it. Um, This song, The Origin of Love, so I think, and I was talking to actually some members of the LGBT community uh, over the week. And what's fascinating is I think everybody is trying to figure out some way to process this. Yeah. Uh, And it is hard to process. And it has been emotional for some, and it has been... There's been lots of different reactions. I'm listening to the song The Origins of Love, which basically talks... It gives this nice mythological story Mm -hmm. about how uh, all of us came to be in the whole LGBT community. But it talks about something very interesting, which I think is the easiest thing to forget. I truly believe that the problem is we're all part of each other. We are. Whether we want to believe it or not, we are all part of each other. We're all part of a human race, not just a country, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. just a religion. And we seem to forget that. And all we want to do, instead of come back together... Going back to the same piece we all we began as, we want to tear each other apart. And so right. that song to me is is amazing in that way. It talks about two lovers who were uh, torn apart by Zeus. You know, he mm-hmm. had he cut them in half by his lightning bolt, and how all of our lives were just trying to find our other piece Aww. and come back together. But the problem is that's not what happened in Orlando. No. It is not what continues to happen across our country. Yeah, and I get it that we've been talking about it for a week. But I also don't apologize that no. we need to continue to have Here's that the thing. We're going to be talking about this probably every single week. Uh, our 4th of July show, we have decided we're going to dedicate uh, predominantly to this topic. We're going to be talking a lot about uh, the state of uh, our nation kind of thing, where we're at, what we're doing. Uh, so that is going to be almost an entire show dedicated to that. We're going to keep yeah, this we conversation. Have, it's we coming have to. Up, yeah, f- our, our July 4th weekend, we're going to be talking about what kind of nation are we? Yeah, what kind like of nation do said. we want to be? I know. Yeah. I know. I'm okay, sorry. Go I was ahead. just reiterating what you were saying. Yeah. Um, because, like you said, this yeah. is a conversation that I just, I, you know, you also get the the feedback from people that they don't, they're tired. Right. Yes, exactly. You're, no kidding. I know. Me too. We, but yeah, that's no excuse. Right. And people, I mean, everybody is talking about this and we need to do something. I mean, so much talk and so many articles and so much mm-hmm. opinion is going on. But right. why can't we actually do something? And I read an article today that said why this mass shooting still won't change anything. Yes. And I mean, it's it was the, run in the New York Times. I exactly. Believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, we're seeing that it's not going to change well, anything. Because as they said, when uh, Sandy Hook, 20 yep. uh, little children yeah. are, are mowed down yeah. and nothing changes changes when a holiday party is attacked in Berkeley yeah. um, and a bunch of people killed, nothing changes. What makes us think that 49 people killed and even more injured yeah. is going to change it. And the problem is, I you know, we, we've all, we all got the people who were sending us text messages and emails mm-hmm. and they were like, I think this could be, you know, what makes the change. And then watch Capitol Hill for a week yeah. and realize that the that, last no. thing they want to do is change. Right. And that's the problem. So we're talking about, and I will say, so Outspoken has posted things all week. Yes, we and have. And we have gotten interesting comments. 
everybody has a right. Yep. Free speech. I'm glad you shared. Um, I don't agree yeah. with a lot of them basically saying it's the same stance that keeps us exactly where we are, which is uh, it's not going to help if we do more gun laws. Well, that's it's, nothing's going to change. Not it's about the gunmen. Accurate. And guess what? It is about the gunmen. Yeah. And what helps to take that gun out of his hand is yeah. gun laws. Exactly. Stricter gun laws. And why is it always about if people mention gun laws, it automatically thinks that automatically means we're going to take away everybody's guns. Right. It's an extremist reaction. What happened to can we have a conversation about how we can yes. help maybe yeah. stricter regulations where this is not as easily done? And then you get the, well, it'll happen anyways. Mm -hmm. The problem is it shouldn't be as easy to happen as it is in this country. I didn't say take away your handgun. Like Samantha B said on her show this week, I said I'm going to take away an assault rifle that mows down people in 45 seconds. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to take away from you. Please, can we? No apologies. And the fact that, you know what, like, and, and Obama made a, a thing just a few weeks back where he said, you know, you're not on the, you're on the no-fly list. You can't board an airplane. Yes. They won't let you. But you can go out, buy a gun, no questions asked, no waiting period. Mm-hmm. Here you are. Go at it. Yeah. Why is go. that a thing? Why are we so concerned about the safety of our airplanes and not the safety because, of our schools with guns? Because we have one of the most powerful lobbyists oh in, my gosh. The in NRA. Washington, yeah. the NRA, trying to make it so scary. And they always make it about the extreme and not about a logical, rational conversation. Thank you. First of all, NRA, you have the responsibility to protect people from your rifles. That's what I'm right. saying is you have the responsibility... It's on you for lobbying and making these guns so easy to get that people are dying. This is your fault. So take ownership of that. Do something about it. This is on you because you have made it easy for actual, probably terrorists, actual murderers, actual people to get their hands on the guns. And here's the thing. People that say just gun laws won't stop anything, I beg to differ. So does that mean we do nothing? That's my question. Does that mean we just sit back? Because guess what? Nothing has changed since Sandy Hook. Nothing has changed since Columbine 20 years ago. Nothing has changed. So you sit there and you're like, whatever. No. Right now, Republicans have a bill on the Hill that would require the government to delay the purchase of a gun for 72 hours for anyone who is a terrorism suspect or has been the subject of an investigation within the last five years while a review takes place. 72 hours is not enough. No. That is not. That's a Band-Aid on a sucking chest wound. Yeah. I the Democrats have a bill that would extend background checks to guns bought online mm-hmm. or at gun shows, which are the notorious yeah, loopholes in the how system. You do it. I'm not saying the Democrats have a better bill, but I'm saying it's better than what the other side is is trying to yeah, do. Seventy two hours? What is and that? And one of the things one of the opinions of the journalist who wrote the New York Times article is saying the problem really is in an election year, mm-hmm. no decisions will be made yep. until after the election. Yeah. That's a bad way, for lack of the term I want to say, a bad way to do politics. Yes. Because then it's Absolutely. not, a, yet again, it's not, it's about, not about the people. The people. Mm-hmm. It is about your politics and your need to be right and yeah. to win. And it's about time we took the voice out of the NRA. Yeah. They should not be as powerful a lobbying group they as they not. are. Actually, no one. That's big money needs to be out of politics. Exactly. But this is what's scary. But listen, it's not just it, and we don't want to make it this us them. It's even in our own LGBT community. There's this organization. Uh, they call themselves the 
Pink Pistols. They're a national gun mm-hmm. club for the LGBT community who believe that if we can get the reputation in our community that all gay people uh, are armed and dangerous, yeah, um, that people will leave us alone. I don't think more guns is the answer. No, it's not. It's absolutely not because, first of all, just having a gun does not protect you ultimately against another mm-hmm. gun. It doesn't. Because he can come in, shoot you, you have a gun on you, you're still dead. That's it. That's the problem is more guns aren't going to protect you. No. Like a comedian said, the world has gotten into such a crazy place that the only thing that will stop a mad gunman who has come to kill people at a public place is another mad gunman who has also come to do the same thing. Yeah. That is where the ridiculous part of our world has come to. Yes, and exactly. And because we don't want to well, talk about guns and we're so worried we're gonna, they're going to be taken away because that's mm-hmm, our right. Mm-hmm. So wasn't it the right of 49 people in a club in Orlando, Florida to continue to live? Exactly. Wasn't that Enjoy a, their one night there. Isn't that a bigger right than your right to have an assault rifle? Yeah. Why is it that you can't just be good with uh, a rifle or a shotgun or a uh, or your handgun? Mm-hmm. And yes, I've heard the arguments. Well, those guns can still kill people, but not in forty eight seconds can they not kill fifty people? Yeah. So there's no reason I, you can't go out hunting and try to shoot fifty exactly. deer in two seconds. Why do you need that? You if your if your argument is this is for my protection. No, it's not. No, it's not. An AR-15 is an assault weapon. That's what they yeah. use in the military. The creator of the the creator son, rather, the guy who made the AR-15, mm-hmm. his son made a statement and said, uh, my father would be so ashamed that this gun mm-hmm. has been used to kill innocent lives. It was created for defending our country. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and the thing. It's, it's not defending. It's a te- it? Why? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, what at what cost are we saving, yeah. you know, our Second Amendment? At what cost? Right. I am not naive. I don't no. think anybody in this room is naive. Uh, I will say I've been yelled that a lot, mm-hmm. called naive, and how can you make it so simplistic? Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe think about that. Maybe, Maybe it is simplistic. Why we need stronger regulations on guns. We do. We need to make sure that more teenagers or elementary school children or people just celebrating life don't get killed. Why right. isn't it a conversation that we sit down and have and agree that, okay, this does need to end. Yeah. Let's talk about how in a rational way we can do that. Instead of it being like you're a toddler with your favorite toy and you're so worried your world will yeah. end if you're not allowed an assault rifle. That is not logical. That is not working in a rational conversation. And it's time that we understand that. Mm -hmm. And we come together and we we know that we need to have this conversation. I guarantee you, friends and family in Orlando right now are having to have these conversations on a daily basis. Well, you know what? You know what is the most upsetting thing to me is that people in Orlando, the governor of Orlando was uh, was asked to make a statement and say, uh, are we dealing with this? The governor of Florida. Uh, that, that's what I meant. The yeah. governor of Florida. Um, he decided he, they asked him to make a statement. He said, well, there's not much we can do on a regulation basis. We're going to look at this. Which is not true. And then they asked him, what is the best thing they can do to help the people? And he said, well, the best thing you can do is just pray for them. Are you kidding no, me? No. Are you kidding me? First that's of all, the best thing you can come up with. And just you, pray. We've done yeah. that every single shooting that has happened. And, and what has happened? And here we are at the worst and here's the thing. mass shooting yes. in U.S. history. If you are a religious person, I challenge you, go check out the Bible. Go listen to the G's, and he will tell you that faith without work is dead. 
How do something we, about it. That is now do that something about it. Because I was just going to say, I you know, much respect for whatever your belief system exactly. is. But in the end, prayer without action without is action, nothing. Nothing. You're not hope, doing anything. Hope without action. Do nothing something about changes. It. And it's time yeah. to do something. And I'm tired of the same. I'm sorry. The same argument that we've had every time is mm-hmm. how you how nothing changes and we continue this yeah. here. So if we don't actually do something about yep. it, then we then we can look forward mm-hmm. to more. And we are going to see more of this. And Absolutely. more numbers of casualties. Yeah. And I'm tired. I don't know. I don't want to have a conversation with you about why, because it's just one-sided. Yeah. Because I think in this country, the conversation is done. Yeah. The problem is people are dying. The solution is we have to do something about mm-hmm. it. There is no conversation in the middle. No. There is no conversation that somehow your Second Amendment rights, your right to bear arms, that said, they didn't have AR-15s they back didn't. then. They didn't have assault rifles. Yeah. So your right to bear arms yep. doesn't much count. much different back then. Yes, much different, and this doesn't count. And me. it doesn't you supersede do anybody else's right to live, to no, exist. exactly. I mean, that's And why per- isn't that's that first. the conversation? Yeah. Why isn't the conversation I, about you know, the sanctity of human yeah, life? Right. Why... Why I just read a story this morning about, and this happened in Pakistan, mm-hmm. and lots of people say, well, that's Pakistan. The fact is, in human beings, it shouldn't happen, yeah. where a family disagreed with the marriage of their daughter to this man, and they were she was pregnant with their child, and their solution was they took them to a small canyon and shot them in the head. Yeah. When did we get to this point in human history where we no longer talk to each other yeah where we no longer respectfully disagree where the only answer is you don't agree with me then i need to kill you yeah you're done you don't exist it has happened in so many groups it's close to us because we're in the lgbt community Mm -hmm. and i have watched it you have seen it we know how hard people can be treated due to a difference of belief systems just from us being just who we are Mm -hmm. we have to do something i know Mm -hmm civilization is not civil i know that i know we have a history of violence Mm -hmm. in this world just because we know that doesn't mean it has to stay that way yeah this this cannot just be the status quo this cannot just be oh it's another shooting how many times have we said another one happened yes why and why is it not an isolated incident if i hear one more person say i can't believe this happened here or this doesn't happen here i want to smack them yeah because Guess what? We don't have the luxury of that statement any we longer. Don't. Yeah, I'm ashamed of that. we haven't had that luxury of that yeah. statement for decades. Mm-hmm. The fact is, it does happen here. And you know what? And it, I don't want it to be yeah. our turn. Yeah. It should it never be that be. way. It can't. It should. Exactly. Your turn. What is this? A turn? Like, why is that so common knowledge and common thing that we just say, okay, well, it's, where is it Well, next? this time it what happened next? here. Yeah. The next time it happened here. It's so like you, waiting? you just pick. You wait until it comes to your front door? Yep. How smart it is will. that? Because it will. Right? It will if we don't stand up and do something. And you know what? There's Try a lot to of work people, together. There's a lot of people out there who in this moment are still, well, let's, you know, we still have American pride. We can't forget about this. No, I have, here's the thing. I don't have a lot of pride of living in a nation that just puts it aside and says, well, again, we've had an, an, yeah. another shooting. We're not going to do anything about it. I, I have want. no pride in that. 
I want to have American pride. Yeah. I am thankful to a country that allows us to speak. But the problem is just because you're thankful and grateful for a country doesn't mean you turn your you turn a blind eye Absolutely. when something is wrong. Yeah. The fact is we've said it time and again mm-hmm. and so many people have said it as well. When the political system is the way it is, when the NRA has a louder voice than the president yep. of the United States, yep. the largest, most important office in our land, mm-hmm. when these things happen, when we continue to fight to take away rights from human beings, we have a problem. Yep. When the largest mass shooting in U.S. history, how many times that needs, that needs to be said, happened to our world, and it happened to LGBT people and no no uh, representative out of Texas, no matter what he says, can take it away that it happened to us as well and we yep. have a right to grieve mm-hmm. and we can still grieve that it is not only LGBT problem, but it's a national, it problem, a national problem and a religious yeah. problem. It but is. But when are we going to stop yeah. and say, okay, We probably can't stop every evil person in the world, but we can probably do something to make it a lot harder. Why don't we look at Germany? Why don't we look at Australia? Why don't we look in Canada? Who, compared to us, with 20-something or 60-something mass shootings in, you know, the last few years, and then you have Germany, who's had seven. Those seven are still horrible, but the fact is, they're three times less than ours. Exactly. What is happening? Why Since 1996, Australia has not had one One, mass shooting. Not one. And guess what? You can have a gun in Australia. Yeah. They have not banned and taken away your guns. They have just... They literally have heavily just regulated heavily it. regulated. Exactly. That's what we want to do here. How do you not see that? How they are, have why their are we guns. So, so why Clearly are we so the solution is there. Yeah. So why it's are we clear. so scared of that? And I really think, yeah, I really think it's the NRA. Yeah. Because, They've like made I said, scared of it. a large voice makes a lot of money right. on Capitol Hill. It is not in their best interest mm-hmm. to have any more strict gun regulations. Mm-hmm. So it's not your politician who is supposed supposed to represent you yeah. that's speaking it is the nra pulling the strings in the background absolutely and that, is. that's the problem and you know what else they're throwing out there a lot of fear tactics because that's why i think it's fascinating to listen to people go to the extreme arguments mm-hmm. that's not what we're trying to do here we're trying to have a conversation and unless you can acknowledge this is a problem we need to fix yeah, yeah. and by fix it means do something Right, but we can't because you're so caught up in the rhetoric of the NRA and they're taking away our guns. Mm-hmm. That's I don't understand that. We need to come together and remember: first, I'm a human being. Yeah. Second, I have a right to have a gun. First, I am a human being. First, that is more important to me to figure out mm-hmm. how can we, how can we work together? How can I care more about you being alive? Yeah. Than about. This cold, hard weapon in your hand. Mm-hmm. One of the stories that you told me that that many people have this story of, uh, you know, uh, we saw the parents seeing if their children had survived or died. Mm-hmm. We saw it all on CNN. And you had said, and I I, I do apologize if this is, I don't want to be too personal oh, no, in your personal you're so life. Fine, but you yeah. had shared a story about how you called Cole yeah. right away because just the thought that if that had been him. Yeah. It, it it's awful. That's what it's awful to think about. That's what we all should think about. Mm-hmm. What if it was someone you care about a lot that you think could be yeah. at a gay nightclub somewhere, whether you agree with that person or not? When my own sister, who mm-hmm. is very very religious and Christian, can text me and say, "All I can think about is you and how much I love you," and that maybe you don't know 
how much I love you because I yeah. haven't said it because our family has had a history of not being as supportive. Isn't that more important? So every time you have this thought of I'm going to fight and I'm going to scream and I'm going to say, don't take away my guns. I want you to stop and think, what if that was yeah. someone that you loved? What yep. about that mother who waited 17 hours before she found out for sure that her son was dead? What if that was you that got the text message that said, mommy, I love you. He's coming. I'm going to die. Maybe we start there and we try to find where our humanness is. Mm-hmm. And then we have a conversation about how, you're right, we, this can't happen. How can we fix it? And everybody sit down at the damn table. Yeah. Figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. Okay. Let's take Whew. a song break here. Whew. Yeah. Took it. We, we took you to church. You've been mm-hmm. took. You've been took to church. Okay. So we're going to listen to a song by uh, Maroon 5. This is going to be their song, Sugar. You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken. It got a little hot in here. It did. Hot and steamy. But here's the thing. Uh, someone was asking me to describe mm-hmm. our show to them because uh, he's like, you guys are so funny. Yeah. And I'm like, well, first of all, I appreciate that. Yeah, thank I know you. Sometimes we, and we, we are. We are. We, we yeah. are. We have a good time. Yeah. And I said, we try our very best to mix entertainment with serious issues because yeah. my guess is in the listeners' personal lives, they can be funny and they can be serious mm-hmm. and they can be passionate and yep. they can be angry. It's like they have all of the emotions. It's like they're human it's, or it's something. It's like they're human. Wow. And I said, basically, our show's a lot like that. We yep. try to be very entertaining, but at the same time, there are things we have to talk about. Exactly. This is what, well, the whole concept of the show was to be, what would I talk about with my friends at a coffee shop? Yeah. And then we just have microphones. Yeah. And and special celebrity guests coming in, you know, because like, that's like, my life. That's it's how like my... Bruce Valanche comes into a coffee shop right? with you, sits that's down, how... and talks to you. That's how my life goes. Yeah, right. <laughs> that sounds perfect. No, but it's so true because, uh, and and it's appropriate because there are times in your life when it's time to laugh and time to have a good time, and that's absolutely oh, good. Let's play then... that song. Turn, turn, turn. <laughs> there is a season. There okay, you go. Moving okay. on. Jonathan's actually going <laughs> to sing it for you. Here we go. So, there right. you go. Right. It's a show. I didn't know we it bought is. concert tickets, but <laughs> you did. That's fine. Front row. Front row. Um, front row. <laughs> but uh, then there's time to be serious and talk about the serious topics. Right. And we'll do both. We'll do both here. I know. And actually, that's that's one of my favorite yeah. things about our show is that we can we try to just be real. Just got to be real. Yeah. yeah and right. uh, be frank. Be honest. Uh, sometimes I it gets me Jonathan, in trouble. But, but you I love can be it. frank. That's fine. I'll be frank. It dep- what's depends my, on what's, the mood and the yeah. day. Um, how that goes. But we're just kind of yeah. now... Winding down the first hour, getting mm-hmm. ready now. This is the beginning of the second hour of our show. And this is where I kind of love it that there's this nice little uh, thread from yeah. our first guest. Yes. Jeffrey A. Johns, who did the movie Waiting in the Wings. Yes. And in the sequel, Still Waiting, it has our second guest. I Look, like, Look how that worked out. Uh, it was like kismet, you know, can we destiny. Can we do that more often? Can I know. Just... And let's be honest, it was probably by mistake. Right in. It was, actually. <laughs> I don't think we... Kurt got yeah. lucky. And that just kind of happened to be, yeah. be what that what that was. Yeah, but so. we are going to be, uh, like you said, talking to Bruce Valanche. It's going to. I'm excited. He is an amazing person, and I, a lot of people uh, may not know exactly who he is, just because he's. Oh, you're not the, gonna forget. He, now. You're not gonna forget after this interview. You will he not can forget. be on the writing side of a lot of things, but 
It's I exciting. Know. So this is very exciting, actually, because Bruce Valanche, you've known him and his words for years, whether you realize it or not. Some of us have idolized him since we were mere little gabies, from his work on Hollywood Squares to the Tonys, the Emmys, and as head writer of the Oscars, he has made his mark putting words into the mouths of people who may be better off not speaking for themselves, just saying. It is with great honor that the Outspoken Boys welcome writer, comedian, actor, Bruce Valanche to the show. Bruce, are you there? Hello? Oh. You faded away. <gasps> there you are. Are you there, sir? There's, there I am. There is yeah. the ah, magic. He's here. The magic voice that we've been waiting for. <laughs> I love it. It comes through. Right, it goes through. <laughs> hey, man, I must be on the other side of the Cascades. Uh, right. I know. Those things block everything over oh, here. Oh, they do. I'm just telling you. <laughs> so, and I have to say, ever since I uh, was, I believe I was a young teenager and I got to see this documentary, Get Bruce, I have been obsessed. Yeah, you... It's amazing. You know, it's, you were fading in and out. Oh, no. What's happening, America? What is going on? <laughs> they don't want this magic arrangement. Let me know if it keeps happening. We'll reconnect you. I don't know. It could be... It could be um, my phone. I hate to say it, but <laughs> well, yeah. You know what? Jonathan's it, also uh, jogging while he's walking. So so when we start, when we left off, you were a young man, and you were saying, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> I was a young man." And ever since I saw the documentary "Get Bruce," I have been, uh-huh. I've been obsessed with you. So to hear your golden voice right there, this is wow. Awesome. This is amazing. Thank you. It's a golden voice, but it has just enough of a sibilance S that I can't do commercials for, you know, erectile dysfunction. Oh, and are you really sad about that? Really? My accountant is. Oh, right, exactly. My, well, Bruce, we want to take... My accountant would like me to be on a slot machine again. When we did Hollywood Squares, we did right. a Hollywood Squares slot machine. Oh, And Bally's had it in all of its casinos. Yeah. And long after Hollywood Squares went off the air... They kept renewing the slot machine contract, and he kept saying, can't you get another slot machine gig? You're making more money off the machine than you made off the show. <laughs> I, I, well, God. hey, anything can happen, I'm telling you. so I'm Exactly right. That's America. So, Bruce, let's take a little stroll back in time, just for a minute, Yeah. to Patterson, New Jersey, and let's that start with, the... where did the humor come from? Where did it start? And so you can have to say that again, or you can have to, like, Hover over your microphone I will, or whatever. I will hover. Where did the humor start? Where did the what start? Humor. The humor. Yeah. Well, I looked in the mirror. <laughs> and I said, I, said, how do, I said, how do I deal with it? Are you still there? We are. You. Okay. There was a, there was a beep. I thought, okay, it's nuclear war. <laughs> um, there were, uh, I looked in the mirror and I, I, I had to deal with what was there. Uh-huh. And uh, I started making faces like a lot of people do. When they look in the mirror, and I was just, you know, I imagined myself as other people and all that. I think humor is just, it's a point of view, a way you have of looking at the world. It might be something, a default mechanism that happens to people who uh, uh, who are uh, picked on or uh, otherwise felt like they're not, they're, they don't, they're not where they really belong. They're somehow, they've been dropped from the, from the mothership into some alien environment. Right, right. It seems to be something that, that a lot of funny people have in common, but not all of them. I was on The View once, and I espoused this position, and Joy Behar said, Well, I had a normal childhood, and I'm okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, who can fight that? <laughs> You're great, Joy. I'm not going to take you on. No, no. <laughs> So, Bruce, your, your acting and entertainment career began in your very youth when your mother helped you sign on with the Lane Bryant's Charming Chub Division as a chubby child model. 
What was that moment for you? Is is that when you realized you belonged? The, the moment the of what? I'm sorry, you faded. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is this connection here. Uh, is that the moment you realized you belong in the entertainment industry? Yeah, I don't remember the actual yeah. moment. It was all I ever wanted to do. My mother kept saying to me, yeah, from the very beginning, uh-huh. you learned how to read looking at the movie ads in the newspaper. That was when they used to have movie ads in newspapers. That was when they used to have newspapers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I would look at these things, and I would, I would, I taught myself how to read from that. And I was always drawn to it. We don't know why. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it could be an argument for... Uh, I may have been a trained poodle in a previous life. <laughs> well, now you pull it off with style. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. So, in it, I would not be a good gay man if I didn't mention that in your early career, you met Bette Midler, who was mm-hmm. still, she was a struggling artist at that time in the community. Uh, since you've worked with her uh, on a number of her projects, you, does your connection with the celebrities that you've been able to work with, does it grow stronger as it seems like your work with Bet has done? Uh, do they grow and, and evolve? Because you seem to be involved with these celebrities you've worked with in a number of different ways. Well, it's, it's an interesting question because the people who you meet at the beginning and who you stay with obviously grow and evolve. Uh, if you can grow and evolve with them, uh, then, then you remain part of their <laughs> part of their of their enterprise. Mm-hmm. And with Beth, it was a collaboration that um, that that took from the very beginning. And and she uh, kept calling me because uh, she liked what she was getting. But uh, you know, she she did she changed over the years. I mean, at the beginning, she was the last of the truly tacky women, yes. and uh, that was a fun thing to do in, in her 20s. She's now mm-hmm. you know, 70, which is hard to believe because really yeah. she's only 35. Exactly. Right? But biologically, she's 70. <laughs> and you can't, you can't pull out that same stuff. You have to become something more appropriate to who you, who you really are. Sure. Uh, you just can't keep, keep reworking that same trope because it begins to look silly. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, guys in uh, guys who are in their 60s with top knots and ponytails. Oh, yes. <laughs> with... And you say, you know, uh-huh. it's, all right, it's all right already. You can look over. <laughs> I mean, very few people can actually still rock the look that they had 40 years ago. Exactly. Mick Jagger is one of them. And yeah. David, but even <laughs> David, David Bowie took care of that by continually changing his image even when he was young. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. And, and so all... everybody has it a way of dealing with it. But the people who I've remained with, like Matt and Whoopi, and, uh, and I, I was with Robin, you know, until yeah. the end, the, the, um, uh, they, they evolve, and you have to evolve with them. Sure, absolutely. And like, and like you, you know, when you look at, yeah. the, at the business side of their lives, those people aren't, often are not with the people who they started with as managers, agents, whatever, uh-huh. exactly. because they got bigger than that. And those people didn't grow with them and couldn't handle them as they became bigger businesses. Right. And so they went with people who knew how to deal with, with bigger businesses. Right. Exactly. You know, it's, just, it's one of those kind of commercial conversations that, that the artists and performers never like to have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Absolutely. But well, the, you... the fact is they also like to have the house on Lake Como. <laughs> right, right. So they have to make adjustments. Absolutely, they do. So with, with you know, Lily Tomlin and you mentioned Robin Williams, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, you, you've worked with them for so long. When was it that you realized, you know, you woke up and said, wow, this, my life is a crazy trip. This is, this is amazing. I get to work with these people. Well, the first time I realized, actually, I met Bette in Chicago, 
Uh, I was at the Chicago Tribune, or I was a feature writer. And uh, after five years of that, the Chicago Tribune sat me down and said, "You know, you're you're away a lot, and uh, uh, you're on the you're on the phone a lot with all of these famous people, uh-huh. and you're not there. It's not, it's not for anything you're doing for us. So you really should make a decision if you want to continue doing this stuff for us, or if you want to do it for yourself. And just at that moment, uh, uh, an act that's that had a dresser whose brother started the Manhattan Transfer. Oh, wow. and at that point, the Manhattan Transfer, we had put their uh, stage act together, and they uh, they got a television series, a very short-lived uh, summer television series, and they asked me to write it. And uh, so I had that offer on the table, and I thought, well, I'm just going to take a leave of absence and go out to Hollywood and write this television show and see what happens. And I never came back. Oh, no, and then everything else is... So that's, that was the point where I said to myself, gee, I guess I really am in this, and I really... <laughs> all these people who are, you know, who are bold-faced names, are uh, people who I know and work with. Which is amazing. And, you know, humor seems to be such a natural part of you. And and talking about, you've been talking about how people evolve. How do you think, over the last few decades, your humor has evolved to keep you at the top of your game? Well, it's gotten snarky. <laughs> it, 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 it really, I mean, it, there, was, there was satire and it was observant, but it wasn't, uh, directed personally at people unless they uh-huh. were uh, really, you know, worthy foils. I mean, people like Richard Nixon who were <laughs> were so self-important yep. uh, and so full of themselves that they, they begged to be made fun of. Um, but now it seems like everybody is is fair game. And then, of course, the the flip side of it is that everybody is offended. Right. And it's, right. It's, there's a lot there's a lot of that now. Yeah. Um, the whole world has kind of become high school. Yeah. You know, Facebook <laughs> has turned everybody into a self-important 12-year-old girl with uh-huh. a diary. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That, that's what we're seeing here. Well, you know, you and, your comedy shines through when you write, you know, these these lines on the Academy Awards, but also the Tonys, Grammys, and Emmys. You basically have an EGOT for, for a writer. You, what, what, yes, what is true, it? I do have that. You, <laughs> you do? There's no award involved, but I do have it here. Yeah. I have all, done all four of them. Yeah. <laughs> You're just on the back end of things. What, what's it right. like to be involved on such an I only have the Emmys. I actually have, go. I got some hardware. Yeah, see, yeah. it's still back up. And two of them are for writing the Oscars, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's as meta as you can get. Yeah, um, exactly. What's it like being involved on these different, very different uh, award shows on a diff- on the intricate level? Well, uh, it's it's hilarious because uh, first of all, um, uh-huh. you you're writing a show and a show that has to entertain the audience in the house and that has to entertain the audience at home that doesn't know what the audience in the house knows. Right. So you have to have an equal measure of inside stuff and uh, stuff that everybody will get. Of course, the world has changed in another way and that everybody's on the inside now. Because, I mean, if you sit down in front of your television set at 7 o'clock, you decide, well, do I want to watch Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood, The Insider, <laughs> Extra, Celebrity Page? There are TMZ, there are 8 million shows now right. telling you what's happening inside show business. And, of course, by show business now, they mean what's happening in Kardashian. <laughs> exactly. Which is, Absolutely. Which is that nation that produces people, people and things that yeah. keep people entertained yeah. that are not show business, that are pretend reality. I love it. Unreality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first rule of which is that nothing is real. Yes. So, 
um, that you have to bear that in mind, and then you have to uh, uh, bear in mind the fact that these awards actually do mean something to people in the business. I mean, their lives will change when they get these awards. So, uh, uh, and that's happening for real, and they and they are real people. So there are all these sorts of things that you have to keep going, and, and it's happening live. So. Um, uh, if there's if there's a mistake, it, it may live with you forever. <laughs> right. So it, it's kind of frantic. I mean, as somebody said to me, it's uh, television the way God meant it to be. <laughs> it's it's uh, nerve wracking. <laughs> it's the true art. It's like without the without the net, basically. Yeah. And right. you, like you said, flying with no net. Exactly. No net. And like you said, typically writers seem to be those people to the public that are in the background. We don't really pay much attention. They're like the cogs in the wheels of a clock, but the face gets all the glory thing. But Hollywood Squares and even the documentary Get Bruce kind of changed that a bit for you. You've, yeah. You've it's, heard... it's true. I mean, yeah. it, it, Hollywood Squares happened. I had already said yes to to uh, my friend Andy Keane, the documentarian who made the movie about me. And uh, and then Hollywood Squares happened. And so there was, it was a kind of a... Of a collision of things between the documentary and Hollywood Squares, suddenly I was all over the place. And so I kind of I kind of came out of the, of that mm-hmm. whatever shell was there uh, in a big way. Well, and you have even been been heard to say that what's weird is in the in the old days, people would blame the performer for a joke that went flat. Now they just go and blame you. That's got to yeah. change the change the game and kind of put pressure on. I guess. I mean, I, I, I suppose I changed it, but I, I think there were always writers who would become celebrities. I mean, right. the, the the we just forget that there was a different kind of celebrity earlier on when there wasn't twenty four seven everything. Right. But I mean, if you if you are old enough to remember or, or a student of it, you go back and there were people like Bennett Cerf and Goodman Ace and Dorothy mm-hmm. Kilgallen, and they were all they were all big celebrity personalities who were writers, and many of them were reporting on other celebrities. But uh, Walter Winchell was a big celebrity, and he was a journalist. True. So, um, I mean, he was kind of like you know the, the the talk show of his day. They used to say he was the Johnny Carson of his day, but then mm-hmm. you have to update that reference, right? Because right. you know there are people who were who were young enough that they had no idea who Johnny Carson was. Oh, so sad. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. I know. Well, well you know, <laughs> the sad part is that they don't really give her SS. I mean, they right. they don't care. They right. they uh, if it didn't happen in their lifetime, it didn't happen. Right, exactly. So, so it's um, you yeah. know, it's just it's just strange that way. And when, it is, and when, it is strange, when you though. hear that Steven Spielberg wants to remake West Side Story, you think, why? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> the first one was why? great. Well, it's well, totally. And then of... people don't people don't know. Yeah. A friend yeah. of mine is a producer at TMZ, and and a couple of years ago, um, Harvey Levin, who's older than all those kids in the uh-huh. in the bull ring yes. that sit around there every morning pitching him stories that they you know this is what the show is about people getting out of cars. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, he said, this is a big day. This is the, the 30th anniversary of Natalie Wood's death. And they all looked at each other like Natalie Wood. Oh. Who's Natalie Wood? And you could see it kind of, they were Googling Natalie Wood. Oh, and you could goodness. see them on their on their phones going, oh, she's a, oh, she's a chick from West Side Story. Right? Yeah. Right. Oh, I saw that oh. in high school. Or, oh, Oh yeah, she was in that the James Dean picture. Right. James uh, Dean, they remember for some reason. Right, but, right. Um, yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> but, it was hysterical because Natalie Wood was a big, big yes. star. And it was a big, big story when she yeah. died, yeah. and the National Enquirer, you know, every year trucks it out 
for their older readers. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. Well, speaking speaking of these, you know, uh, musicals, you were an, you're an actor as well, and you had a That's great, uh, very successful turn uh, as Edna in uh, Hairspray. Hairspray. Uh, I ironed my way across America. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Which do you prefer, the acting or the writing? Oh, the acting is much more fun. Okay. You get a rush when you're acting. Writing is very solitary. Even the kind of writing I do, which is generally collaborative, yeah. with a lot of other people in the room. And at some point, you wind up sitting in front of, a, of the computer screen by yourself. Right. And very lonely. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> oh. the, the difference is you, you have to... The porno is right there. I mean, that's, <laughs> exactly. You know, in the old days, you had to actually go into the locked drawer. <laughs> but now, it's right there. It's yeah. so easily accessible. <laughs> so it's not quite as lonely as it used to be, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> but then, five hours later, you're like, I have gotten no writing done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Okay. So you often work for charity. I know that you you Wait, the what? You often work for charity, in particular like LGBT yeah. and AIDS charities. Uh even received numerous awards for your involvement. Do you feel that there's a sense of responsibility as a celebrity to make sure these causes are serving their purpose? Uh yeah. I mean, I think so. I think look, first of all, most celebrities are terribly insecure because they don't exactly know how it happened. They don't exactly know if it's if it's going to go away or not. And so they they have a feeling like they should they should give back somehow to the luck that they've had, and also I mean when when you live that kind of rarefied existence and you see people who who aren't you unless you don't have really a, a charitable bone in your body mm-hmm. you you want to do something about that because you realize that you've been extremely fortunate and most of the people who are in the show business come from the kind of, of weird backgrounds that uh, emotional backgrounds that uh-huh. uh, they they want to do something positive so there there is a lot of that and um but in practical terms uh, I got involved in all of the AIDS work because nobody else would uh we had to take care of ourselves the gay yeah. community i mean because the government wasn't going to do it and everybody else mm-hmm. was terrified right exactly so right. we uh, and a natural place to go with the the show business component. One reason there being so many gay people, so there we were so we were so much more effective than other segments of the population. And also, we know how to raise money. I mean, yeah. and we know how to change the culture. And one of the if there if there is any good to come out of Orlando, it is that the gay political and social structure has now become a gun control lobby all of its own. Exactly. And we get we get this stuff done. <laughs> exactly. Well, and you know, you mentioned Orlando. I mean, I remember way back a lot of the conversation after 9-11 from comedians was about what a challenge it was to just continue to do what you do. And now that the LGBT community and the nation has suffered this huge tragedy uh, exactly. in Orlando with Pulse. It's, all, it's, it's, it's a perfect storm because we've totally isolated the gun people because yeah. they're the only ones... They have no defense here, mm-hmm. and we are exposing the fact that the reason that they have no defense is because the victims were people that they hate. Yes. So we have coupled their their normal gun behavior with the victim the victimology. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, they're they're happy these people are dead. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's all they have to hide behind. So we're exposing them for who they are. Which is, I think, going to cause a great cultural shift in the whole gun argument. And, you know, that, that is the hope. As a comedian, how do you, you navigate when there's this, this 
deep troubling incident that happens in our country, and as nine eleven was, how is it that to navigate that when you it, are a comedy it's writer? It's very it, it's it's a minefield because a lot of a lot of people died, um, and uh, so you have to like lay off a little. You know the expression "too soon." Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you can't even yeah. do it. I mean, the other night I said, uh, well, I'm leaving now. I'm going to go take Donald Trump for a walk around the right. Disney Lagoon. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's been, and yeah. There was a laugh, but then there were people who went, oh, because, right. you know, a little right. kid died. Yeah. And, yes. and he just died. So it's like, maybe you need a little time before you can do that right. one. On the right. other hand, you want to, you want the, the, the memory is fresh in the mind, and that's yep. what makes the joke. So exactly. funny, right? That's why is, that, is that is you immediately turned it around into something that yeah. uh, you can you can make well, a joke about. Well, well, this, uh, but it's a it's a political joke that has teeth. If that isn't going too far, no, right. exactly. no, it's not. Right. With, with exactly. this with this year's election, I mean, it's so easy to make those jokes. How do you right. how do you balance you know being an informed and good citizen? And then making jokes about it because it's it's, it's just you know it's a crap show. It's uh, old. You, you know, you yeah. cross your fingers and whistle twice. I yeah. mean, it, it's um, <laughs> you just never know. I mean, you yeah. have to go into it saying there are some people are going to be ticked off about this. Yeah, right. There's no question about it. And 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 I guess that the the only savory you have is when after whatever the reaction is dies down, you just say too soon. Right, right, right. <laughs> like you you're begging their indulgence. <laughs> Well, you know, I have to say, we just in the first hour had actor uh, Jeffrey A. Johns on, and he said you were on the set of his sequel to his uh, movie, Still Waiting. And he said, you have this great gift of being able to always uplift, no matter what's going on, to always uplift those around you and make them, them laugh. Uh, and that's well, that's quite a big compliment, I would say to you. Boy, I'll say. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, so I guess I do have the erectile dysfunction commercial. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Make your accountant proud. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, Bruce, do you have any advice for those uh, chubby little gay boys out there and girls who have dreams of Hollywood, or really anybody who has dreams of Hollywood that, uh, you know, is struggling well, out there? Come prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you... Don't uh, don't expect to burst upon the scene like something out of a movie. I mean, if you really want to have a career in this, first of all, if you want to have a career in comedy, be funny. Yes, and yes. Uh, assemble some evidence of the fact. You know, write something that makes people laugh or perform and, and record it and, and refine it and all that. And don't just come out, uh, you know, in the still in the wrapper. Right. Because... Uh, um, People want to know that that you can deliver for them what they're what they're looking for. Right. Um, right. It's get some get some chops. Even even if all you want to do is, I say this cautiously. All, if all you want to do is be a model, know how to be a model. Right. Know what know what the camera's about. Know what lighting is about. Know what positioning yourself is about. Um, know these things so that you can you can come out with an an, an arsenal of uh, of chops that will will. The people will look and go, okay, well, this guy knows what he's about. Let's, uh, we can we could use him. We're not going to have to spend right. a lot of time and money slapping him into shape. Right. And then you have to be prepared to to mm-hmm. uh, be rejected a lot. Sure. Oh yeah. Because uh, it it's really isn't personal. It, it feels very personal when you're rejected, but they just there are a lot of people out there, and and uh, the, fewer slots that need to be filled. But exactly. I mean, there are more. That, there's more production now than ever, but uh, there's still there's a tremendous horde of, of competitors. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Now, 
I wanted to ask if you would mind uh, sharing your golden voice with us. Would you mind giving us a little soundbite that says, Hi, I'm Bruce Valanche. You're listening to Outspoken. Certainly. I'll do that. Perfect. <laughs> Hi, this is Bruce Valanche, and you are listening to Outspoken. Thank you I so much. It. First that of was all, perfect. it was perfect. And you're, you are just as funny as everybody told us you would be. And so <laughs> thank you for sharing your time with us today. It's, a, it's been a dream come true. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, you have a wonderful Sunday. You too. Enjoy it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Take care. And that was the incomparable, hilarious, so funny, Bruce Valanche. So if you don't know him, just tune in the, to the Oscars the next time, or the Emmys, or the Tonys, because he's probably written them. Exactly. So, Anything they say comes from his brain into their mouths. Right. And here's the thing. If you have a chance, go watch Get Bruce. It is a hilarious documentary that talks about his relationship with these stars. Yeah. Bette Midler's in it, uh, Lily Tomlin, all of them talking about him writing for them through yeah. the years. Yeah. He is a force, and he has been a force for decades. Yes, he And has. he doesn't show any chance of, of uh, making that go away. So Mm-mm. very exciting interview for us. All right. So we are going to take a song break here. This is going to be Cobra Starship with You Belong to Me. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. It's been a crazy, passionate two hours. It has, and we just talked to the incomparable comedy extravaganza, Extravaganza. Bruce Valanche. Bruce Valanche. (laughs) And I absolutely love him. Yeah, he was a fun time. And he was Uh, hilarious, just like people. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, imagine him funny. He is funny. He just goes one after the other after oh, like, wow. he is just He's his mind fire. is always on yeah, and I think yeah, that's yeah. amazing because mine is rarely. Yeah, really. yeah, exactly. I mean, let's just be real. And it's hard to be, you know, it's it's not that it's hard to be naturally funny, but it's hard to be a comedian, especially yes. doing stand up or writing. You and I have written uh, a few of our own yes. uh, programs, and you know, it's it's rough. You you know, writing and jokes, I think writing the pressure to is pretty always challenging because you're you're yes. wanted to be constantly funny. It's on a consistent consistent yeah. basis. At yeah. least when you're just like naturally humorous, yeah. I feel like there's not as much pressure. <laughs> right, Because exactly. I feel like you and I are naturally humorous. We are. And, and sometimes we can sit down and yeah. write funny things because we yeah. have time. Yes, and, and you do need time. I think time is important. But for, you know, for Bruce, it's, you know, within a commercial break, you'll have 30 more things for you to say. Um, right. He's, he's just too rapid. I know. He's good, mm-hmm. yeah. So you have to definitely be on your game to keep up. Yes. Mm-hmm. But he's a funny man, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I just want to shake his hand because he's Bruce Lynch, but also because he has, uh, you know, shaken hands with Bette Midler and so Lily Tomlin. One degree but we separation? I've, take, yeah. I've shaken Lily Tomlin's hand, but, you know, Whoopi, oh, okay. well, Whoopi Goldberg. Drop that one. I will. I'm yeah. going to drop that I love name it. Right yeah, Whoopi there. Goldberg. Um, I love that he was on The View once. And Robin Williams. <gasps> sad, but. I know. Uh, Rest has in written, peace. Wrote for him for years. Yes. So anyways, and it's a lot of fun. Friends. It's fun when we get to have a true legend on our show. Yeah. Who's yeah. still, you know, working and doing yeah. a lot of great things. So Right, right. Also, we remind you in the first hour, we spoke with Jeffrey A. Johns. Go Jeffrey check out Johns. his movie, Waiting in the Wings, mm-hmm. because the sequel is going to be coming out in about six months. Yeah. Um, from now, but it's a funny, if you like musical, if you like campy, if you are very much into, you know, yes. And it's the gayness of it all. Yeah. And even it's, though it's not uh, a gay movie, but no, it just feels like we movie. would, I enjoyed it because of that probably. Well, then it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a, all the things I love gay theatrical freaky Friday almost. Cause they it kind is. of just do this little accidental swap, but it's, it's yeah. a who it's fun. 
Um, the characters are really funny. They're really fun. They have a lot of a lot of just humorous little moments in there. And that's the fun and part. Exactly. Yeah. They're little, little one-liners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and it is funny traits. to watch mm-hmm. the theatrical gay kid yeah. accidentally be a stripper. have to be a stripper yeah. and the other guy get confused because they yeah. you go to the same and talent agent and they've mixed up the photos. Right. And then the guy, the stripper, has to go be in a Broadway show. Right, and he so. has n- no idea how. No, and doesn't but even realize it. let me first. just tell you, there is shirt and and uh, tiny tiny underwear boys. Tiny underwear. That's my favorite. They are pretty pretty attractive. Just gonna say that's um, a bonus. Yeah, that's oh, a bonus in the it show. It is a big bonus. Yeah, a, big. B- a huge bonus. <laughs> so I love it. I want to let everybody know that on next week's gonna be an interesting show. We have yes. Adam. Lippin. He is the CEO and founder of Cudless.com. This is going to be fascinating because he his mission is to offer a safe way to engage in the healing power of intimate non-sexual touch yes. in a touch-isolated society. It's a good point where touch-isolated society, yeah. he actually throws parties where you cuddle. You just cuddle, which... You this know, is a big thing in New York, I will tell you right the, now. And Japan. And been they there for actually, a few years. in Japan, you can hire a cuddle prostitute. Yes. You hire. It and, is and they're non, not called like that. It's, it's non-sexual. Non- no, it's not sexual. And it's not stigmatized at all. It's just, hey, I'm here. I'm staying the night. I I'm away closeness. from people. I just need someone to cuddle. And you cuddle. And I, I've said I will do that because I love to cuddle. Right. And um, word has it out there, uh, Cole Gardner uh, <laughs> calls me an expert cuddler. So oh, I'm just going to say sweet. if I'm an expert cuddler, then I can work in Japan. <laughs> For this is a true. Dime and a well, nickel. I'm fascinated because not only we do live in a society yeah. where we no longer touch, we no longer make that interaction. So I'm fascinated yeah. by this concept. I will say the first time I heard about these parties was like probably six or seven years ago. Oh, really? My friend Matthew yeah. Pippin um, was going to the American mm-hmm. Musical and, uh, Academy for okay. the Arts um, and Dramatic Academy for the Arts, AMDA, in New York City. And okay. he told me, so I went to this really cool party and this is what we did. And I remember thinking in my head, you are so weird. <laughs> but yeah. it's a valid thing. It's a valid thing that's going on. So we're, we will talk to Adam Lippin next week. Yes, we will. About this very interesting concept. Uh, yeah. And, and we will be cuddling the whole time. And we that's will be. Bring today. in your Snuggies. Right. Bring exactly. in uh, your cuddles. Yes. I'll bring in Cole. We'll cuddle. Do it. Um, It'll be perfect. No, but. You know, so that is, means it's you and I, kid. Yeah. <laughs> you have. All right. And and Kurt. Uh, Kurt doesn't get a cuddle. He can bring in his dogs. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think it yeah, is very interesting. Piece to talk about you know we are uh not a very touchy touchy society anymore we have it's very away much from that handshake yeah. or well, you know and, just, and a lot of impersonal fruitful. we're yeah. gonna send you an email i don't want to call you i want to yeah. send you an email right i'm gonna maybe i'll text you on facebook and maybe you know i'll text funny? your cell phone yeah but d- just don't get too close and no talk and the, hey i get it because i'm like that and i i would love to explore uh you know the difference between not the difference but the correlation between things like that you know text message social media right. things that actually don't bring us together they keep us apart right uh, contrast to popular belief and the relationship between people who have anxiety in large groups because so many more people have anxiety in large groups yes. because it's that contact you don't want to make, even eye contact, exactly. even like being around people. It's a lot of work. And when you don't connect yeah. to other people and you don't, you begin to not see them yeah. as human beings, that's exactly. when horrible tragedy can occur. Right. Because so we have no respect for All humanity. of you loners out there, no, that's right? not what we're saying at all. But, you know, it's it's very interesting to, to hear the science behind it. So I'm excited. It is. I'm excited. Should be interesting. Anyways, I thought it wasn't going to be a fun show uh, to do, so I'm glad that we we get to do that. But it should be, hey, get ready. Get on your phone lines. I Uh want to know. Yeah. And 
get out your cuddle buddies and cuddle. I know. Or come over here. We'll probably have a whole cuddle party. It'll in be here. a cuddle party. I do think that Snuggies have to have. Yeah, Snuggies I are the like best. I feel like Snuggies are the uniform. They have family size Snuggies. That doesn't make me. That makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a very long blanket, and it just. I think it has four of the whole arm thingies oh. because one oh. for dad, one for mom, and kids in the middle. I want one that has also a dog part. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. It has four I'm little Houston, ones for Roscoe. So just, <laughs> he's just laying there with his paws out. He can't do that anything. That would be but, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it's also uh, a, cho- a uh, what, what do they call it? The straight jacket for, for Roscoe? Yes, there you go. He does need that. Because yeah. he also, expert cuddler, but he's aggressive forceful about very it very forceful like yeah. he will cuddle rape you. yeah he's, he's how that's it. gonna happen houston what do you what do you, how do you feel about cuddling and uh hugs and being intimate with people on a non-sexual basis i like it you like it i, think right. I said this past shows yeah. that i'm a very handsy person is not there <laughs> <laughs> grabby <laughs> i'm very grabby <laughs> get those grabbers out of here uh i like Holding hands and hugs Aww, and, right? and yeah. cuddling and stuff. Yeah. Well, I have to it say, I don't think it's hard to be a part of our show, as yeah. <laughs> as every past intern can attest to, because we're a huggy show. We we do we we hug, hug each other. We don't, yeah. we don't leave each no. other without a hug. Yeah. We're very that. We embrace that personal communication through right. hug. Because it's yeah. a way to tell each, to show yeah. each other you appreciate them. But it, but on this level, I, I don't know what I think about well, this. Well, you know what's weird? I had... Um, kind of a fling, I should say, way back in high school, yeah. uh, with a guy who hated cuddling. I hated see. I don't it. understand that. I hated don't think you can absolutely. trust anybody. And exactly. And so like I would cuddle. always try and be like, "Hey, why don't why don't we cuddle now?" And then he'd be like, "Why? What's the point?" What's um, the point? Excuse me. Right. Well, it was, um, needless to say, it was it was a month long, and then it kind of right. ended because no cuddles. See, how do that, you even, how do you even exist? What's even honest, the point? That happens a lot on Grinder. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah I don't you guys like that. are like what? Houston, would you go to a cuddle party? I don't know. You don't know? I feel like that might be a little weird. Yeah, because I like cuddling when it's just uh, like you and a person you're dating or something. I don't know if I could just do it as friends. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I can do it as friends, but I have to like be close to them. Right. Like it has to be a, you know. Girl, you do not know when we go to Seattle and we sleep on the same bed. Right, this right? guy this is... is like cuddling right up into me. I'm like, okay, Jonathan. He <laughs> wants like, his cuddle you're party. Like, He's down, like, uh-uh. now, down. Yeah, backs right in. Here, you be the big spoon. <laughs> no. No, I will not. I will not. <laughs> that is hilarious. I can't even breathe. <laughs> right? I can't even Because I'm sorry, on this me? team, you get real close. You do. You do. We have shared way too many but, hotels. Let so me let me happens. raise the stakes here a little bit. Cuddle Uh-oh. party, cuddle party, but with puppies. <gasps> I'm, Puppy, in. I'm in. Cuddle party. I'm in. I would do it. I would do uh, it. But, uh, but you no. know what? They're no. going to pee Lick. everywhere. Well, that's exactly. beside the point. But lick you all over. <laughs> but oh, those are cute. No. Yeah. Just lick your face <laughs> off. Houston is not. No. Houston's not convinced. Yeah. <laughs> I just found out the past couple of days I'm apparently allergic to cats now. Wow. <laughs> now. Wait, all of a first sudden. of all, we're not shocked. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like every all. day he could legitimately uh. develop a new allergy. Just don't get allergic to the your dogs. Yeah, don't do that. I do. hope that doesn't happen, but it's probably gonna. I feel uh. like yes, anything that yes, Houston's gonna he's gonna be allergic to sunshine Houston, soon. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's gonna <laughs> oh, be gosh, to air, to water, to right? Clothes, exactly. To, to winter, to winter, to winter. To I seasons. do want to mention everybody. Remember <laughs> our own Houston Tilly. It has his own vlog. Yeah, dude. You can go find him on 
the, the tubes. YouTube. The YouTubes. You can subscribe. I subscribed today. Yeah, you did. Finally. There's, there's a new one up. <laughs> yeah, you did. And we watched ago. it this morning. Yeah. So you I can... love watching them. They're fun because so like, I love watching people's vlogs because I'm so fascinated about other people's lives. Right? I don't know why. It's just so great. I'm like, well, mine's kind of boring. It's not. No, but it's I just want to see if other people are exciting. Right. You know? It like, is fun. So you can go find out what it's like to be the, in the life of Houston Tilly, our uh-huh. very own uh, a day our very in own intern of, here, because yeah. it's kind of crazy. Just yep. type in my name in the search bar. Yep. And find it. And then say, subscribe. Subscribe. Yes. Working up to that 100. Yes. Do it. You'll get it. Okay, we're going to take our last song break, uh, and then we'll let you go for the day. But this is going to be The Verge. I mean, Just Verge by Owl City. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this was Outspoken. So be sure to tune in next week as we have a little cuddle party just we for will. you. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ha, <laughs>